From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Welcome again to the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpott. Now, today's episode is part of our series of interviews about the sovereignty of God in evangelism. Dr. Richard Caldwell sat down with Pastor Rick Holland for a conversation on this topic during the Truth in Love Conference at Founders Baptist Church. And you can learn more about this conference at truthinlove.org. And don't forget to like this video, leave your comments below, and especially subscribe to our YouTube channel. Now let's listen as Dr. Caldwell and Pastor Rick Holland discuss the doctrines of grace. Well, so good to have you back with us, Rick, for another Truth and Love Conference. So good to have my friend back with us. It's good to be here. Love Thanks. your church, love your staff, love the people. It's always refreshing. Thank you, brother. Enjoyed your sermon this morning. Thank God for it. And, and that's what we want to talk about today is, is the subject matter for the conference this weekend. So we're talking about God's sovereignty and evangelism. And if you would just tell us your own story with these doctrines, how you were first exposed to them and sort of your journey in, in coming to the place <clears throat> you are now. Well, I grew up in a, uh, a very uh, moderate Baptist church that uh, taught not only, did, not only did not teach the doctrines of grace, but very much taught against them, uh, made God out to be uh, the, the God of the Presbyterians and the God of the Reform mm -hmm. to be a, uh, you know, a pernicious, persnickety, uh, precarious God who just was willy-nilly picking people. And I, so I grew up with a very leaning against it uh, attitude in my heart. And it wasn't until I was in my first year of seminary that I, I backed into the doctrines of grace in an unexpected way. It wasn't um, limited atonement or irresistible grace. or It, it was total depravity. We were studying how depraved man is in, in um, anthropology, soteriology. And I remember, I, it was an epiphany. I remember where I was sitting in class when I thought, if dead is dead and sinful is sinful, then God has to rescue that mm. situation. And it wasn't, there were no lights or you know, flashing uh, signs. But at that point, I realized that the jig was up. Mm. This, this is true, and I'm fighting against it. Uh, so it was the doctrine of, Sin, total mm. depravity, it made me... The other ones came in line once I embraced that that was true. Mm. Which of the five doctrines, truths, in the, you know, the traditional tulip, and we would all formulate those, I think, a bit differently, but which of those five was the hardest for you to embrace? Uh, the hardest was, uh, was limited atonement mm. um, because it was so ill-defined when I first heard about it. Um, uh, I prefer the term definite atonement, mm. which makes far more sense theologically and exegetically. Um, but the limited atonement, back with the caricature of Calvinism that I had learned, fed into this idea that, you know, it was us for no more, shut the door, God has some <laughs> favorites, and, and it, didn't, it didn't come out the right way. Uh, I remember forever saying, I'm a three and a half point mm -hmm. Calvinist, not knowing what the half was, <laughs> but knowing that the fourth, the limited atonement right. was, was troublesome. Um, but I came to, you know, the phrase often repeated, you know, Christ died for the sins of those who would believe, mm. which is man's responsibility and God's sovereignty. Uh, but it, it was, I would, even today, Richard, I, I don't know that I fully understand the, the all the aspects and dimensions of, of limited atonement, but I, I believe it's true. Mm. And that's a work of God in my own heart. To, yeah. Amen. To come to faith in that doctrine. 
How have these doctrines, Rick, how do you think they've shaped your ministry? And, and then I'll follow up after that and ask, how, do they, how have they shaped your personal life? But let's start with the ministry. Well, it's shaped my ministry uh, uh, more than anything, confidence. Um, uh, I, I want to preach the gospel weekly. I want to make sure that people hear what's, what the offer of God is for how they can hear uh, about their sinfulness and coming to Christ and becoming a Christian and having their eternity secured. Um, and, and know that if I've been faithful to preach that and to teach that in all the different avenues of our church, that the results of that truly are up to God. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like what Mark five says: you, you, go, you can go to sleep. You, mm-hmm. you can you can rest in in God's um, sovereign purposes. So more than anything, it's confidence uh, and comfort. Uh, I don't feel the burden for other people's souls like I used to. That's different than saying I don't feel burdened for people to get saved. Mm-hmm. But you, the the faithful discharge is in telling the gospel, not in making sure that you lasso someone into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's up to God. What about your own personal life? Just your everyday walk with God. I, Kim and I had a crisis in our uh, in our family several years ago where. We had a son who was uh, very rebellious, very recalcitrant. He's given me permission, by the way, to, to be able to share this story in, in multiple venues. And um, my best sermons didn't convert him. My best arguments didn't convince him. Uh, our our um, deepest prayers weren't seeming to have an effect. Uh, our weekly coffees were, were going nowhere. At one point, he just said, Dad, you got to understand that Christianity just doesn't work with me. And... I remember Kim and me, we, we, we would hold each other and weep until our tears were, were just gone. And we just prayed. Mm-hmm. Later, God radically converted my son, which is a wonderful end of the story. But the, the real victory in my heart in the story was where we said, we've done what we can. We've said what we can. Either God is going to superimpose his will over my sons, or he will never be converted. Mm-hmm. And personally, that, that, that rocked our world and changed our lives. And, and I like to say, I, I moved from being a uh, theoretical Calvinist to a, a real Calvinist. I love that when you said that, because I think it's so true. I mean, it's in, in a lot of different areas of our life, we preach things, we teach things, and we do believe things. But, but there is a point where, where uh, we're tested by the need to apply mm-hmm. the things that we preach and teach. And, and that's when they become more real to us than... Absolutely. Than ever. Um, you and I are both involved in the Expositor Seminary, and we're having a hand in training young men for the next generation of ministry. What would you say to a young man going into a new church? He believes these truths in his heart, um, wants to declare them. Uh, maybe he's heading into a church that doesn't have much, much exposure. Maybe a church that represent, is represented by how you were raised or how I was raised. Um, what, what advice would you give to that young man? Well, I, I wish I was that young man and could tell myself these things uh, many years ago. Um, try not to teach a system. Try not to teach a theological perspective. Teach the text. Teach the Bible. Uh, now, if you know that that's a hotbed, I probably wouldn't start with Ephesians 1. Um, <laughs> Romans 9. Romans 9, First uh, Peter 1. There, there are places to, to start where you can... Endear yourself to the people where they trust your handling of the words so that when you come to something they disagree with, that they can trust you with that. These are are battles that should be fought, but rarely are those the first battles to be fought. So I would would encourage young men, you and I both encourage young men, be patient, 
Let the scripture dictate the agenda of your pulpit, not your own theological uh, um, uh, curiosities or, or favorites, even though that's certainly a favorite of all of ours. And God will get you there in the text eventually. Let him decide that. And then even when you do it, it's, I, I like to say, our Armenian friends, or mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's not to draw lines. Our brothers are not our enemies. Exactly, yeah. not draw lines. Uh, um, I mean, Arminianism is, is, I don't think it's a true representation of the gospel, but it's inside the pale of orthodoxy. Right. We're going to be in heaven with a lot of our Arminian friends. Mm-hmm. So teaching people to shepherd, teaching these men to shepherd souls and not just win a theological debate. Mm-hmm. And we have historical examples of that with Whitfield and Wesley oh, yes. and serving together and preaching the gospel together. Very good ex- example. Uh, you know, when I came here 21 years ago, I'm in, in my 21st year here, um, this church did not have a Calvinistic history to it. So one of the things that we did is, is I began to have book studies with our men. I would, I would have lunches and we would have, I can still remember those tables surrounded by men. And we read through, for example, R.C. Sproul's book, Chosen by God. Yeah. Um, what are some, if someone's watching this and they don't have much exposure to these doctrines or they're just beginning to be exposed, obviously the Word of God is the standard, but what other resources might you suggest they would read? Two that, that were uh, extremely influential in my life. Now you can get into Lorraine, Bettner, and some deep stuff, but the, the two that were most influential for me, one more theological and one more practical by the same man that was uh, uh, James Packer, J.I. Packer, on the, the deeper theological side, his introduction to John Owen's The Death of Death and the Death of Christ. Mm, that fantastic. introduction is the, the clearest case for limited atonement, for Calvinistic theology I've read anywhere. It's fantastic. And it's, it's brief. On the other side, for a very pragmatic, is what we've recommended at the conference, is uh, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of mm. God. It's just a sweet, gentle, uh, um, uh, wooing rather than a theological argument that mm-hmm. Packer's trying to win. Those two in tandem, I think, would be a, a great place to kind of stick your toes in. If you had one final word you want to say to the people who watch this, what would you say to them about God's sovereignty and evangelism? Uh, God's sovereignty, the caricature is that it prevents, it discourages, it dissuades evangelism. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just the opposite. If I really felt that the souls of men were dependent upon me. That would lead to a, lead to a level of desperation, of insecurity, um, sleepless nights. How, how can you process that someone would go to hell because of you? Mm-hmm. At the same time, I want to feel the burden. Paul said in Romans ten, you know, uh, Romans nine, I'd rather be accursed. In Romans ten, I'm, I have a burden that you would believe. So feeling the burden is okay. Second Corinthians. I beg you to be reconciled to God. Um, But knowing that He is ultimately the source of of changing a person's will to make Christ compelling. He changes the will in predestination, in election, in effectual call, in irresistible grace. He changes the will to see something about Jesus that the natural mind wouldn't. Knowing that 2 Peter 2, I'm to proclaim the excellencies of Christ, and He is the one who applies that to the heart, takes the scales away, uh, opens Lydia, open Lydia's uh, eyes and her heart. It gives me comfort and confidence and perspective, mm-hmm. counsel. It, 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 it gives me hope and encouragement and excitement, enthusiasm mm-hmm. to, to uh, be a part of 
evangelism. It's, a, it's an interesting thing. We cooperate with God <laughs> in winning people to Christ. He asks us to cooperate with Him in preaching the gospel and sharing the gospel and evangelizing. What a, what a treasure. What a privilege. What a privilege. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate it very much. Thanks again for joining us for the Straight Truth Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Now you can find links to all of our social media channels by going to our website, straighttruth.net. Now do us a favor, please go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to these episodes there. We release new episodes every Thursday. Also, go to the iTunes podcast section and leave us a review. Now Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.